Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Glorious Rugby Podcast. I'm your co-host, John Fitzpatrick. And guess who's back in the studio? None other than my original co-host, Alistair Kirschpool, AKP, back from your trip to Japan. Konnichiwa, right? How are you doing, yeah. man? Konnichiwa. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's great to be back. Um, I'm glad I didn't lose my starting spot to a, a very strong <laughs> couple of performances from uh, Ryan Yee there. I thought he did a fantastic job stepping in, great insights. And I I mean, I'll be honest, I always love it when there's a, a guest host on podcasts. It's I think it brings a different flair sometimes. You get a bit of a shakeup, a different perspective. Yeah, of course. Ryan, Ryan did a great job filling in, but of course he cannot fill in the shoes. That is AKP. Come on, that was not going to happen. One, he's from Canada. We can't let that happen. So, you know what I mean? He kind of cheers for the arrows too a little bit. So, um, Ryan, if you're listening again, we're going to have you back on the show, but do appreciate you filling in for AKP for those two weeks. But Alistair, I want to talk briefly here about your trip to Japan. What were some of the highlights? Was there a rugby tie-in at all? Give us the skinny. It was a great trip. It was sort of everything you want from a, a trip to a different country. It really feels like a different country over there, diff- very different culture. I've bowed more in the last couple of weeks than I feel like I have my entire life because um, you just bow to everyone. You know, like you go to a convenience store, you buy something, you bow to the person, they bow to you. You bow as you're leaving the store. It's just... and. Food was delicious over there. Highly recommend. I mean, we just walked in whatever random restaurant was around, and it was always just spectacularly delicious. I'm not even a seafood person. A lot of their food is seafood, but it it didn't matter. It was all just just good anyway. Um, usually, I go on trips and I get back and I just want some of my own food again. And this time, mm-hmm. I was like, I could I could still eat, eat some of that Japanese food. We did a lot of sightseeing, walked everywhere. Definitely put a, a lot of miles on the on the wheels, so to speak. Yeah, and there was a rugby tie-in. Um, oh, let's hear it. One of the things I like to do when I go traveling is when we've got some downtime in the hotel is just flip through the, the local TV channels to see what's on. Um, and let yeah. me tell you, that's an experience as well in Japan. Their sense of aesthetic is very different. The advertisements alone are, are hilarious. But there was some there was some high school rugby on. Oh. TV while we were there. And so I, I watched a game of high school rugby. I don't know who it was. I, I don't read Japanese myself, so I have no idea which schools they were. But uh, it was it was fun to see some rugby on TV. And, you know, it made me think about the U.S. and the fact that we just don't have any rugby on TV anymore at all. Even, you know, the, even the World Cup, I don't think... Was that even on TV? I think some of it might have been, but um, NBC seems to be pulling back from putting rugby on TV here, and and now it's just everything's on TRN, and that in some ways that's really nice, but at the same time it means its discoverability has gone way down. You can't just yeah. flip through channels and find rugby on in the yeah. US. Yeah, definitely an issue that needs to be addressed as we get closer. And closer to hosting the Rugby World Cup in 31 and 33. Yeah, just your average sports fan chancing upon rugby is getting harder to do that on cable these days. Um, and it seems like the Rugby Network is having some issues uh, streaming uh, the Premiership this season. Don't want to get into that right now. 
but maybe that's an, an issue for another podcast. But AKP, I'm glad you had a great time in Japan. We're happy you're back and you're obviously here recording with us so we can continue on and provide our listeners with some fun off-season Old Glory DC news. And speaking of some Old Glory DC off-season news, some re-signings are continuing to happen. Well, let me start with these top two. This one I was kind of maybe a little bit surprised by, but uh, Oglory announced that they have re-signed Lock David and Aquali. AKP, your thoughts there on him coming back? I thought we were, you know, we chatted a little bit about potentially thinking that he was maybe retiring, but I guess not. I, I think you made a mistake there. You're confusing Tavita Nangali with uh, Api Nakatini. You got that right. As I said it, I was like, wait a second, this is wrong. <laughs> yep, yeah. Nangali's in his 20s. Um, yeah, still, still got a ways to go. Nakatini <laughs> is the one who's getting surprised. I feel close like to I 40. was the one who was out on a trip. Thank you. <laughs> yep, I've got to come back here and uh, keep you keep you straight. <laughs> anyway, continue. Yeah, no, he's been a, a huge asset for us. Yeah. Um, he's been on the team since day one, too. So yeah. excellent that he's coming back. Um, especially, I mean, we've lost. We've lost some locks over the years, and we've lost uh, we lost Kyle Bailey to the the Free Jacks, annoyingly. So it's it's good to have Mangali coming back and you know bringing some stability to that lock room. Yeah, absolutely, veteran presence there. Again, good to see all of these players overturning and happy he's not retiring. He's still a few years away from that. But uh, moving on into the back line, AKP, my favorite Old Glory DC player is coming back, William Talataina. Excited that he is returning. But I got to say, there's probably, there's, there's, um, you know, a lot of numbers there now in the center's position. Um, and if we recall from last, the beginning of last season, Willie T didn't play the first two games because of some 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 interesting lineup decisions here. What do you think is going to go on here with, with Willie this season? I mean, I think he's proven himself as just one of those players you can't leave out of the lineup. He's just, yeah. he's such a good center, such a good presence. He's such a strong carrier of the ball. I mean, we saw him score some tries that were basically like, made him look like a back row forward. Uh, he's, I th- he plays hard. And honestly, I, I think leaving him out of the lineup much going forward is, is going to be difficult for, for the coaches. Um, and those, I, I'm glad he's back. I'm glad that, that we can continue to have him. It's felt like, I feel like the centers have been a little up and all over the place for Old Glory. I mean, mm-hmm. we've, we've never had that many players playing center. Often over the years, we've had to switch in players from other positions to, to cover injuries and that sort of stuff. And I feel like this year, they, they really don't want that to happen. They've, they've brought in some more players. I feel like you know, Tommaso Boni, we'll talk about his performance against Brazil mm-hmm. um, this past weekend, but he he joins a, a good lineup, and I think yeah, I think there'll be the options there. Yeah, because I think, you know, if, if you just look on the recent game that Tommaso played for the Eagles, he lined up at number 12. Willie T then, what, do you, you, you assume he'll put on the 13 jersey, uh, and if that's the case, that's a pretty formidable... 12-13 combination, um, you know, which gets me really excited. 
Absolutely. And I think, you know, we've talked about Tommaso Boni is really coming in to replace Threat and Palamo as that sort of big body at 12, the that sort of major run threat, um, solid defensive unit. And I, I think he'll really play that role well. And that should sort of open Talatain up to have a bit more free range at 13. Because even when he's played 13 for us, we haven't, he's sort of had to, to do a lot of work that a, a 12 would normally do as well. So I think it, I think it looks good. I think it's, I'm really excited for our back line. Um, you know, Jason Robertson coming back at, at fly half, you know, either he's going to, to take that role or it's going to be Braden Bowden either way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be excellent. Like, <laughs> I think there's a lot of promise in that back line and I'm excited to see what it does. Yeah, absolutely. Simon Cross has got a ton of options there. Uh, in the back line from an attacking standpoint. And certainly last year, they made some improvements on defense. So we'll see what that defensive structure looks like again for this year. But again, it got to be exciting again. It's the off season. It's hard not to get excited when you see some of these player signings and re-signings. And AKP, I know we covered this this next month on, on previous episodes, but you were out of town for this one. So I just got to bring this up quickly just to get your thoughts. But at the time when he was on our team, Canadian Lock, Kyle Bailey was my favorite Canadian, but now that he has left the club and has gone to the New England Free Jacks of all teams, AKP, what are your thoughts on Kyle Bailey going to Canada South here? Is he a Benedict Arnold? Is that, or is that, that's too ridiculous, right? That's ridiculous. I mean, he was only ever on a temporary contract for us, which is probably why he has the, the flexibility to go sign with whatever team, regardless of you know, that, that's why it wasn't a trade, I think. Yep. Um, and I guess he's an interesting one, Kyle Bailey, because he's, he's played for a lot of different clubs now. He was at NOLA for for a few years, but then since then he's, he's really bounced around. He was at Toronto, and he he hasn't really stuck anywhere. And he's there's a number of players who are, who are great players but just don't seem to play in the same city for two years in a row and and he's starting to be one of them and i'm i'm really curious why that would be i mean maybe you just didn't like the climate or whatever i don't know yeah but of, of all the teams to go to why new england yeah wow, why, maybe why, he just why wanted more on? canadians he just <laughs> he wanted to go to the most canadian team in the league which is <laughs> new england <laughs> pew 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 shot fired <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think he's a big loss for us. Um, I think he's he really provided a whole ton. Like, I mean, we've talked endlessly about him and, and his contributions to the team, and it's it's unfortunate to see him going, especially to an in-conference opponent and a team that was so good last year. And it's like, okay, now they get another one of the best domestic locks that is playing in the league. Yay. I'm well, sure they well, need the, the support. Exactly. They've, they've, they've announced a number of big signings. I think I'm most excited about um, Chalet's captain, Martin Segrin, coming to MLR. He's going to be in New England for a couple of seasons. So that's, that's a big get for them. Um, but we'll have to pour one out. Pour one out for our homie, Kyle Bailey. He's now with Canada South and New England Free Jacks. We'll see how he does this year. But um, that's all right. Next Next player up, you know what I mean? So, yeah. 
AKP, um, before we move on and talk about old Gory DC players and the men's Eagles, I just wanted to bring this up quickly because I saw a recent change on old Gory DC's um, X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, their profile. You know, the back photo has the phrase up the flags, and it's got three stars on it. But AKP, up the flags. I don't know, man. How does, how does, do you like that phrase? Is it something about it just doesn't, it's not sitting right with me. I want you to go first and then I'll, I've got some thoughts on it. I've always, I've always disliked this phrase. I mean, I'll start with like up, saying up the, the flags that, that up is like, that's not something that Americans tend to do. It's a very like European yeah. way of phrasing, yeah, like a, a statement of support for your team saying like up the flags or, you know, up the team. We, d- we just don't tend to, to say it that way. So I think, you know, and frankly, I hadn't really heard that phrasing until, until I saw old glory start saying up the flags. And I, I had to be like, what does this even mean? It, it doesn't, it's one of those things that, that isn't clear if you're, if you're not from one of those cultures that, that says, things that way and so I, I don't think it reads super well in the the american sporting landscape and then i also just don't like the name the flags i mean i know we're called old glory and old glory is a flag but i i don't know the flags seems like a really weird weird phrase and i i'm i'm not about that i call them ogs but i i, yeah. I don't call them flags yeah, I'm, I'm, I keep going back and forth on this because uh, I do think it's got a little bit too much of a, you know, like we're adopting it too much with the European, maybe soccerish flair, like up the, like I, yeah, like that. I'm familiar where that phrase comes from, but it's not something that, you know, American sports fans would say. So part of me is like, why bring, why try and, and, and bring that over? I keep saying bring that over, like, you know, adopt it from somewhere else and, and apply it to Old Glory, where I'd rather have some type of phrase that um, comes up organically between like the fans or the supporter clubs, right? Like, and, and I'll just hearken to another local team, you know, the Washington Capitals, they have a rock, the red, that seems to work kind of well. So I get the idea of coming up with some type of rallying cry or phrase. I don't know if up the flags is it wave the flag that probably doesn't do it. And, and I get, I get the symbolism, right? You've seen those old photos of, you know, soldiers like raising a flag during battle, right? And the heroism as they're under gunfire. So I can kind of get all of that, but um, I don't, I don't know if up the flags is, is working for me. So, um, and you know, I'm curious to hear what other Old Glory DC fans think about it. We might have to put out a poll or something. Um, yeah. Get the really feedback on seen it. Amer- seen uh, Old Glory fans use it that much. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's mostly been, I've seen it from like news, you know, people covering the team who, who aren't, aren't associated with the team. I've seen it from the team itself. I haven't really seen it that much from the fans. I don't think it's really caught on that much. Yeah. All right. All right. Something to keep our eye on. And we'll talk a little bit more as we get closer to the season. And it's crazy, AKP, but we're close to December. And training camps are going to be starting in a couple of months. In fact, I saw a couple of training videos of some players at the St. James, I think, doing some off-season conditioning. So we're, we're getting close, man. We are getting close to the MLR season. A lot more to talk about. But I want to quickly touch on 
the men's Eagles. Uh, they competed in the La Vila International Rugby Match last Saturday, USA versus Brazil. Canada played Spain. The, men, the men's Eagles, they, they played well. And I think they needed to put up a big number on Brazil. They hadn't played each other in a while. I think the last time they played, actually, it was kind of close. America's Rugby Championship match two or three years ago. But bringing it up because a couple of um, Old Glory DC players uh, represented themselves pretty well. Of course, Tommaso Boni had a couple of tries uh, in that match, I believe. And then our local boy, Jack Escaro, holding down the front row. AKP, your thoughts on how Old Glory DC players performed in that in that match against Brazil? I thought uh, Tommaso Boni did a, a really good job. I mean, obviously those those two tries, but he was just in the right places, doing the right things. Um, it makes me excited for seeing him play for Old Glory. Frankly, his performance in that match, especially with how you know fast and wide open that that team, the USA, is playing right now, the way their game plan these days. And he just fit right in, and I thought it was it was a lot of fun to watch him. And I thought Jack Scarrow. I mean, he he wasn't dominating on the front row, but um, something to keep in mind is that Brazil really actually does have a pretty good scrum. Yeah. Um, that's one of their their sort of best parts of their team. The fact that they did not have any sort of advantage there, um, I think was was credit to. Jack Scarrow, and it's it's sort of unfortunate that it went to uncontested. <laughs> I was about to bring that up. I know because <laughs> I wanted to see how you know the next man up would do in the scrums because I was actually sort of expecting um, that to it, that to the USA to start struggling in the scrums after Scarrow left, but then you know it, it didn't turn out to be even a it didn't t- turn out to matter moot point so. Yeah, I was pretty impressed with with both of them. I thought there were some other players who who were not that impressive. Overall, like a good performance from the U.S., but mm-hmm. I think Luke Cardi seemed sort of unimpressive as as the fly half, um, mm-hmm. and then Luke White at number eight was was noticeably slow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, that's those are two areas where you know we could see. Old Glory players who are currently injured step up later and and show up. You know, Jama was uh, yeah. really made himself a force on the the national team before he got injured, and with Luke White not really impressing that much, I think you know he's really got a clear path back onto the team. Yeah. And then Mike Pibulis has mostly been playing fullback, but honestly, with the way the U.S. is playing right now, he could fit really well as a, a fly half, and I'd be interested to see him get a chance at that. Yeah, absolutely. And if you just think of the of the larger kind of player pool for the men's Eagles, Colin Gross, his name was was part of that training group um, for you know the the that August window there where they played a couple of squads that were warming up for the Rugby World Cup. So you know, there's a couple of other Old Glory DC players that you know could factor into the men's Eagles over this next uh, couple of years um, as well. So it'll be fun to continue to track that, but. AKP, you've been out in Japan for the past couple of weeks, so I don't know how much your ear has been to the street, but you know, as we're getting closer to the season and teams are continuing to put out more and more player announcements, are you hearing any rumors speculating on players that 
coming back, may not be coming back. Any, any Anything there you can drop on us? For the most part, I think we've heard everything that I heard rumored has, has yeah. sort of turned out. I haven't, I haven't heard anything new in a while. Um, I, and we, we have yet to hear that Marcos Young is going down to, to Miami. Which I'm sure mm-hmm. they'll get around to announcing that at some point. Yeah. But, um, yeah. and for the most part, I think we've, we've, all of the big announcements that were, were sort of hinted to me before have, have come to pass and I don't really know of anything new. Yeah. I guess the only other one that I'm thinking of is just Nico Jones. I don't know if we've heard yet what's going on there and would love to have Nico Jones back, but I'm sure, you know, at his age and what he showed, you know, clubs are going to be calling, but I don't think his name was on a super rugby roster at all, which is interesting. Um, And, you know, with NPC not starting up again until, you know, later, you know, seemingly he's got to play somewhere, um, which, makes me think he's coming back but i guess we'll find out yeah i mean since he wasn't on like you say that super rugby was sort of the biggest yeah fear i had for him getting snapped up somewhere else because i know he's really looking at new zealand rugby and and hoping to eventually get on the all blacks and the way you do that is you get into super rugby so it we probably i think we might have him for another year which would be really really good especially as a domestic player he counts as domestic because he has he has um family ties to the u.s and even Mm -hmm. though i doubt he's ever going to play for the u.s it's uh (laughs) it's cool to it to have him on the team so hopefully he comes back yeah absolutely so as we look ahead to the 2024 mlr season and again, um, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, some of the news that was shared from America's Rugby News and also from um, a rugby wrap-up interview with a couple of folks. But the MLR season, it sounds like, again, MLR hasn't made this official yet, but it's going to be moved, pushed back two weeks. So we're still waiting on when that schedule will come out. So AKP, I did a little trying to connect the dots here, you know, sleuthing around on, on the interwebs, trying to figure out, okay, when is MLR going to come out? with the 2024 schedule and again a lot of it too is hinge on the fact will there actually be an mlr club in los angeles it sounds like it we haven't heard anything yet things are tight-lipped but hear me out on this akp okay so the chicago hounds put out an update on on social the other day season ticket update they're having some last minute technical issues with their ticket platform so they're going to postpone their season ticket sale launch until Tuesday, November 21st. So that gets me thinking that, that MLR wants to make sure all of the individual clubs have their season ticket, their ticketing platform situations figured out before they actually release the schedule. But if Chicago is going to release their season tickets on November 21st, do we anticipate MLR releasing the 2024 schedule a couple of days before then? Your thoughts? Yeah, or maybe a couple of days after. What I'm mm. wondering is maybe the wonder if their Chicago's technical problems involve them needing to know what the schedule is, or something like yeah. that. If and so maybe maybe you see it the other way around. But yeah, they they really have to release the schedule sometime and sometimes soon so that yeah. planning can start to happen in the open. 
and uh, if, I mean, I would hope they would release it this week, but <laughs> I guess we'll see. Well, AKP, as we know, every time we record a podcast, Old Glory DC either announces some new player news, but we'll probably edit this, cut this up, release it, and then MLR will come out with their season schedule. We're recording this on a Wednesday. This will probably go out on a Thursday. I'll bet you MLR releases their season schedule on on, on Thursday. That's probably how that's going to work out. <laughs> yeah. That right. would be our luck. That would be our luck. Uh, that'd be that'd have something for us to talk about on the next episode, but... That being said, then, will the will the 2024 MLR season include an LA team, AKP, yes or no? I I think so. I mean, <laughs> that does okay, not sound so, – you said that with no certainty. <laughs> all, all of the – I mean, it's one of those. You look at them, and they've they've barely done anything to, to actually set up a team. Um, we don't even know what their name is yet. No, no idea. Um, and – yeah, and like you were saying, training camp starts in a couple couple months, and you've got to sell tickets and all of that stuff. But at the same time, when you the the rumors are, there have been rumors about MLR moving to a, a three conference structure next year. There have been uh, rumors about about that sort of stuff, and and that only makes any sense if LA is in the league. So you that would imply that LA is going to be in here. So it's, it's, there's signs that say yes. And then there's the fact that nothing has actually happened and that says no. And it's just, I don't know. I I have no confidence about any, anything, anything could happen. And I'll say, yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, So I guess we'll find out. Yeah. We'll know in a couple of days, but man, that would not be. Yeah, I think that would that would that would not be a good look for MLR if the the team formerly known as Rugby ATL announced. You know, the league announces that they're in discussion to move them to LA, and then that doesn't happen. That would be not a good look going into the twenty twenty four season. You know, and I think it would probably take away from the sting of you know the new exciting franchise down in Miami you know, with the Sharks and they're making some player announcements and we seeing a little bit of what's going on down there. We know the stadium they're going to play in. We don't know what their jersey is going to look like. So perhaps that's a good segue here, AKP, as we're waiting on the schedule to come out and we're waiting to see if LA has a franchise. Kappa, the, uh, I guess they're more, most well known for soccer. You know, um, they, we covered this a couple of weeks ago, but I want to get your thoughts on this. They they signed a three year deal, so they're going to provide, you know, um, game day kits, training kits, and also fan gear. But AKP, knowing how long it takes to get jersey designs together, do you anticipate that we will see new jerseys, or or is it going to be largely a carryover from last year and their old kit provider just slapping on a new logo? What do you think, man? Or 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 do you anticipate? kit miss you know when they introduce all the new jerseys do you think there will actually be a kit miss this year or it'll just be probably carry over from last year yeah i think we might see a kit miss this year i since it's been sort of left so late maybe we'll see everything released at once um, mm-hmm. I, that's always fun i always like that because then you get to compare everyone's everyone's kit and talk about why yours is the best personally i wouldn't mind if they brought back last year's kit i really liked it I really liked mm. Old Glory's 
they they really leaned into the the DC part of Old Glory DC more than the Old Glory bit. And personally, to my taste, that's that's nicer. But I also wouldn't object to, to something new. And this year, honestly, all I'm hoping for from Kappa is that they can have gear that fits the players and with the right numbers and nothing falls off the jersey mid-game. Like, that's the that's my expectations. <laughs> right, was it Romero Herrera who they didn't have, I guess, a 6XL or something like that, so they had to stitch together two different jerseys to get something to fit on him? Like That, to me, is... It's such a funny story. <laughs> yeah. But but beyond even that, there were so many times where, where players were wearing the wrong number for the position they were playing because um, they just didn't have the right jersey, the right size of, of jersey mm-hmm. available. And that for me is, I mean, it's not surprising that they moved to a new kit provider because there were just so many issues last year with, with, with the kits. Well, to add an extra little wrinkle to all of this, if you go back to our conversation with Marcel Brocky a couple of weeks ago, if MLR adopts his proposal to let uh, players choose their own jersey number, what a world of chaos that may be to start this season. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to have kit providers who can't provide a can't provide kits reliably, then then pick one number at the beginning of the year and roll with it. Sounds like a, a really good option. That's <laughs> uh, what we did in high school. We couldn't afford different. Like, enough kits to uh, have everyone play in the right number so you just pick a number at the beginning and go for it but you'd hope that mlr is a little bit better prepared and better funded than than my high school rugby team <laughs> no comment on that AKT. no comment no comment whatsoever on that okay so yeah i'm looking forward to if there is a kit miss and it'd be great if yeah instead of each club releasing their own at different times it's just bang you know one day they come out boom here are all the kits and take them and, and judge them and james d lee and others myself we can rate all the different kits but um yeah i'm excited to see what cap is going to bring um this year for all of that Whew, akp um last little thing here that i want to close out on since you know we're wrapping up the end of 2023, at least for the men's Eagles, their last match or not. Hear me out on this in a second. So they've now, for whatever reason, it's not a round robin, that little tournament that's going on in Spain. It'd be great if they could also play Canada, but that may not, it's not going to happen in this thing. So they're quote unquote in the final and they're going to take on Spain, which I think is going to be a really fun test because I think both, both the U.S., and Spain right now are on pretty equal footing. And if you recall, Spain had actually qualified for the Rugby World Cup, but because of some player eligibility, technicality, some guy that played a couple of minutes that really shouldn't have been playing or something like that because he lied about something on his transcripts. I don't even know. Spain, World Rugby ruled that Spain was uh, ineligible. I think that opened the door for Portugal and all that to happen. So Spain, of course, obviously upset that they didn't make the Rugby World Cup probably got tossed a little bone here from World Rugby to host this little mini tournament. So they, of course, beat Canada in their in their match last Saturday. USA beat Brazil. So now USA versus Spain on Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern time. AKP, are you nervous about this match? Does it, it um, 
is the expectation that the U.S. should win, or is it more of this is a game that they can win? I would lean more towards the latter. I, I, I think they should look like they should be able to win the match. In some ways, whether they win or lose doesn't really matter that much to me, but they should be competitive. Like, they, they shouldn't lose by a lot. It shouldn't be more than 10 points that they lose by. They should be... They should look like they're in the match. They should have the lead at some points during the game. Um, if they have the lead at the end and win, that that's great. If they if they don't, but they look like they're right there with Spain, then I think that says a lot because, you know, frankly, the USA has been regressing quite a bit in the last several years. And, you know, if we want to be going back up, the nations like Spain are the sort of teams that we need to be competitive with as a start and then because they've been one of the better teams in in the sort of second tier of europe for a while so if we can if we can put together a good competitive match against them show a lot of signs of promise a lot of of progress then then that'll be enough for now eventually i think we want to be able to beat teams like spain we want to be able to expect to beat teams like spain but but for now i'll i'll be happy as long as it's a, a good match yeah, and if you look at the world rugby rankings, or people actually care about that or not, USA is 18th, Spain is 19th, separated by a couple of points. Surely Spain is going to have um, you know a home field advantage, right? Home crowd advantage. Um, I think they're going to be fired up. I think a lot of the nations that are kind of in our neighborhood when it comes to the world rankings are fired up to play the U.S. because of <laughs> all the baggage that comes with being in the U.S. around the world. Don't want to get into all that right now on a rugby podcast, but I think some of the, there's there's some implications there uh, with that. But I think I think Spain's going to be fired up and is going to want to put on a, a good performance against the U.S. Certainly, this is not a team to overlook. They have, as you said, have performed well in kind of that tier two in Europe, and this would be a nice little win for them to, to close out the season. So I think this will be a competitive match. Um, I think U.S. looked pretty well against Brazil, but also Brazil didn't play all that well in the first half thought defensively they had some breakdowns and certainly uncontested scrums in the second part of you know the second half there did not you know that's not where rugby is so we'll, we'll see things how things go um against spain but certainly have to be encouraged by you know little glory dc players like tomaso boni did uh in the game but you know if this is the last match for the men's eagles in 2023 it'd be good to go out uh, on a win but akp i want to throw this back to you here for a second like Let's talk about this. I know we're, we're heading into, we're getting closer and closer to winter here in, in, in North America, but we've got all of December. And I know there's costs associated and where you're going to play, but what really is stopping the men's Eagles from scheduling a home and away match matches against Canada in December? Like, why can't we just figure that out right quick? Close out yeah. 2023 with a home and away. We'll play up there once and we'll play down here once and then let's close out 2023 like what why can't we do that i know there's costs and people will say costs and all that stuff but but okay let's figure it out why can't we do that they are our neighbor we shouldn't be playing each other every single year yeah i don't i don't know why we we can't do that um i would love to see it i think it it's one of those we complain about not getting enough matches every year okay we'll play the the team that is not very far that's on your border (laughs) every year play play two matches against them there there that's two matches every year and especially when you consider how much of the 
the USA and Canada player bases are in the offseason right now who are not playing professionally and you don't have club conflicts like that. Yeah. Okay, take advantage of that. Perfect. We yeah. should be scheduling tons of matches for this time of year because you know, it, you're not getting the European players, but everyone else will will yeah. can show up. Call, call, yeah, call it Canada's ML, MLR All-Stars versus U.S.'s MLR All-Stars or whatever and play where the Free Jacks play and then play in Toronto or, you know, like, come on. They play, they play, they play football in Foxborough in December. They're not playing very good football this year right now in the England Patriots. But, like, come on, there's hardy fans out there that will stand out in the cold and watch this. They're playing football out there. They're playing rugby. Like, come on, let's just figure it out. You know, a lot to talk about as we head into 2024. We still do have, obviously, a few more weeks left in, in 2023, the calendar year. And AKP, I think we got to have a uh, one of our last episodes of the 2023 year should be kind of a recap of the year. Maybe we'll hand out some player of the year accolades, old glory DC style for, for 2023. So me and you will chat more about that um, in the next couple of weeks. But AKP, we're wrapping up the show here. We usually do kind of the closing thoughts where I um, ask you a random question <laughs> and you answer it. I got nothing prepared today, AKP. I literally have nothing. So maybe I'll throw it back to you. You ask me a question that you've been dying to ask me and maybe I'll kind of wing a wing an answer. Okay. Closing, closing thoughts. Yeah. You had nothing prepared. I didn't have anything. I didn't even know this was happening. I've had like... Three seconds. Um, I guess. I guess I want your closing thoughts on the state of the the twenty twenty four roster as a whole for Old Glory. How are you feeling about it? Like, where where is your heart at? Like, don't don't include too much too much head here. Just like, give me what's in your soul. In <laughs> my soul, um, my soul. Um, I will say, I think the word is uh, I'm excited honestly, um, it could be to, to be candid. We've talked about a couple of things. There's been a number of new exciting additions to the back line for Old Glory DC, some, some Argentines, you know, Alex Mueller, you know, he's, he's, he's a Puma. We've got a couple of players uh, from Scotland, from the Premiership who are coming over, Damian Hoyland joining uh, the back line. So I feel like our, you know, uh, the back three are, Gonna be pretty exciting. You add Tommaso Boni, you include re-signing William Talataina, and all of a sudden, Old Glory DC again with Jason Robertson coming back. You know, it seems like there's are a lot of exciting attacking options for Old Glory DC. That you know, we knew they didn't have issues scoring last year. There was only a couple of games where things um, bogged down, but I'm excited about how this back line um, is coming together, and if particularly with Simon Cross and his first year coming into Old Glory a year after they made the playoffs for the first time, got the first playoff win, you know, knocking on the door of being serious contenders in the Eastern Conference. You've got this Miami, Miami Sharks club that's making some exciting new additions. Toronto seems to be, you know, <laughs> their lineup is getting better and potentially we're seeing a shift in the conferences, you know, a central, a west, and an east that I anticipate the Eastern Conference being extremely tight. But I do think Old Glory DC is starting 
to gain some ground on New England in the offseason. We've got Mike DeBulis coming back. He's getting healthy. Jama, the captain, is back. Like, there's so many things that Old Glory DC fans should be excited about. And I know I'm sprawling <laughs> outwards on your question. We're moving to a new stadium that's more set up for rugby. All signs are pointing up, up the flags, I guess. We'll work on that. But um, I'm excited, AKP. Deep in my soul, I'm excited for this 2024 MLR season. I think even more than last year. When last year, you and I talked about how we thought, we had a good feeling that Old Glory DC were going to be playoff contenders. And they were, even though they didn't have a winning record. But right now, my expectation for Old Glory DC is that they will have a winning record and that they will challenge for a top spot in the Eastern Conference. That's what I'm feeling in my soul, baby. That's that's great to hear. I love to hear. I mean, I feel I feel the same way. I think it's it's a great great closing thought from uh, John Fitzpatrick there. Hey, man, the boys are back together. AKP's back from Japan. We've got Thanksgiving coming up. We'll probably have one more episode. AKP, we got to talk about what we're going to do for next week, but we should give them a little Thanksgiving treat, something to hold them over as they're, everyone's stuffing their face full of turkey or not. Um, of course, we've got December, and we've got a lot more to talk about. It's probably some more OGDC news. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited. I'm fired up now. I might go for a run right now. I'm ready to go. Um, but, AKP, I'm glad you're back from Japan. Um, for my co-host, Alistair Kirschpool. You've been listening to the Glorious Rugby Podcast. We'll catch you back here next week. We'll probably have a Thanksgiving week episode for everyone to feast on. But until then, talk to you later.